The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Prize Picks. Are you tired of the grind trying to win on salary cap DFS? Spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap. With prize picks, it's just you versus the projections. They're also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries. So you can go over on Nick Chubb with the Cleveland Browns, and playoff baseball is coming up this week. Go over on Ronald Acuna Jr. with the Braves as well, hey, Prize Picks really is daily fantasy simplified. And here is their offer for punt and pass listeners. Download the Prize Picks app wherever you get apps and use the promo code PNP. That's the letter P, the letter N, and the letter P. You will get a free two pick entry to win $25 and they will match your first deposit 25%. MyPrizePicks.com slash info or download the Prize Picks app wherever you get your apps. Use the promo code PNP for that free two-pick entry to win 25 bucks, and they will match your first deposit up to 25%. Follow them at PrizePicks on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. I am at DrewButler13. And Aaron, you and I both went three and four last week in our picks. You lost your lock of the week. Um, that's mm-hmm. now three and three through six weeks remember we had week zero week five just wrapped up but i gotta give you major credit my man you were pounding the table for unc all week you said hey clemson has these games where they're either on the road smaller environment less juice watch out you didn't necessarily say unc was gonna win but you definitely said 27 and a half points was way too much and this game could be a lot closer than people think clemson escaped 21 to 20 UNC goes for two late in the game to win. I got to ask you about that play call. I mean, shotgun it, option. What? The yeah, hell was it was. That? A, it was a, just a triple option type play. So it, it's it's equivalent to triple option. It was a zone read, and then once the quarterback p- uh, p- uh, pulls the ball, then he has the option to either run it or pitch it. And I just don't think there was enough 
of a, a, a throwing threat or anything like that to kind of loosen the defense yeah. up. So I, I, one, I would have kicked the field goal. You're at home. Your defense has played tremendous. I mean, that defense was all over uh, the, the Clemson offense all day long. They made a couple big plays here or there, but for the majority of the day, Clemson really struggled to move the football. Your defense is playing well. You score before the end of regulation. You have all the momentum on your side. The crowd's going nuts. There are multiple full start penalties uh, on Clemson throughout the day. So I think you, you, I would have felt good if UNC possibly winning that game in overtime really? based on what we saw. Yeah. I'm not saying they would have, but I just think it was, it was a, it was a good chance based on the momentum and the shift towards it in the game. But I don't fault necessarily the, the going for it. I fault more of the, the call. I just think it was, you want as many options as you can. You want four or five guys in the end zone. You want yep. your quarterback who can run a little bit, the ability maybe to move around a little bit, find a guy, run around, throw it. But I mean, you really gave them two options, hand the ball off or pitch it. And, and it, Clemson's defense too good for that on a two point play. So I just don't love the play selection, but great game though. It was yeah. really fun to watch those two duke it out. The, the, the fans for a UNC game, uh, like I said, they were making a lot of issues for that Clemson offense really the entire were. day. So that was good to see. But Clemson's offense, though, it's just been – it hasn't been what we've expected. Trevor Lawrence has not been the elite elite like we expected. He's still a, a heck – I mean, some of the throws he made, like those back shoulder go balls, uh, the big the big throw for the touchdown to, to get to 21 points. I mean, those are NFL-type throws. He, he throws some of those better than anyone in, in college football. But – Overall, the consistency right now is just not there for this Clemson offense. So they got a lot of work to do uh, before those playoffs get cranking. Yeah, they staved off the upset again. They win 21-20, to and guess what happens after Clemson continues to show that they are, in fact, human? There's a new number one in all of the polls, Aaron, and Alabama has surpassed Clemson. Alabama's number one in the AP and the coaches poll and the Football Writers of America National Football Foundation Super 16 poll. Alabama got 29 first place votes to Clemson's 18. Georgia even got a couple of first place votes, and so has Ohio State, so... You know those top Ohio six State teams, right now. I I, I, I would I would honestly put Ohio State above Clemson the way they've yeah. looked. That defense has been. I mean, obviously we can talk all day long about the guys they have on offense, the playmakers, the way uh, they're playing on that side of the football. But defensively is what struggled last year. I mean, that's the one thing that really got them the entire season. And and you flip the switch to this season, and they are all over the place. Martinez looked very uncomfortable in the pocket throughout the game. They made him look like just an average quarterback uh, at best. And they're, they're on both sides of the football. They may be the most complete team in college football because we've seen Alabama obviously score yeah. a ton of points defensively with all the injuries struggled LSU. Same thing. Uh, Georgia, I think is pretty solid on both sides of the football. But right now, the way Ohio State is playing, they are the most complete team in my mind through four games of the season. They also haven't played anybody, though. I mean, legitimately, Nebraska, they have not played anybody. Nebraska's Nebraska's, a- you think so? I'm not saying Nebraska is an elite team or any team that's going to scare you right now, okay. but it's still a good football team, and they embarrass them on the road at home. Uh, that's, night the, game. that's the thing. It's not just the fact that they won against a good team. I'm not like I said, I'm not saying Nebraska is a, a top 15, top 20 team, but that's a good football team. That's a well coached team. That's a tough environment to play in on the road. Game days there. A lot of stuff would say that 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 home team is going to be hyped. And they went out there and shut them out the very first series. That very first quarter, the game yeah. was over. Yeah. So that that tells me a lot about that football team, the fact that they can go in there to a tough environment and not only win, 
but dominate for four straight quarters and really kick their butt. Justin Fields has 16 passing touchdowns, seven rushing touchdowns, and just one turnover so far through four games Mm -hmm. for Ohio State at four or five. I'm not sure if they've had their bye week yet, but Dan Wolken, who I think everybody has an opinion about Dan Wolken, he is the USA Today's college football national writer. He got on Twitter and said, and I quote, I'm kind of surprised we aren't talking more about the fact that Ohio State has a better quarterback than Georgia, given that Ohio State's quarterback was at Georgia last year. I mean, this is what this guy does. He's a hot take artist. He's got to get people fired up and get a reaction. We've talked about it so much, Aaron, and we talked about it on Thursday's show. Georgia's offense is just different. They're built differently than Ohio State. If Jake Fromm weren't at Georgia and Justin Fields were at Georgia, I'm not sure Fields would be putting up the exact same numbers because of Georgia's offensive line, because of Georgia's running back stable, and because of their defense and the conference they play in, to be quite frank. So I don't know what Wolken's trying to do here besides elicit a reaction, which he, of course, did. But let's just get it straight, man. Justin Fields is a good quarterback. Jake Fromm is a good quarterback. Tua Tungavailoa, Trevor Lawrence, these are the top guys in the nation. You put them in different systems, different offenses with different coaches and different teammates, they're going to perform differently. Am I crazy for saying that, or is that just a realistic opinion? No, I've been saying all along, I think Jake is the perfect quarterback, and I'm talking about Jake Fromm here, the perfect quarterback for the University of Georgia. Um, and Fields is a perfect quarterback for Ohio State. The, the way their offenses work, you, you turn on the film of Ohio State game, they're in the shotgun, they're three or four receivers wide, they're letting the thing roll. You flip it over to Georgia, 21 sets, 12 sets, where it's one back, two tight ends. Uh, a lot of times, Jake Fromm's under center. I mean, it's just it's a different type of offense. Yes. And, and, I, and we go back to what we talked about last week. Does that make Georgia's offense not not elite or very good? I, no, it's just they're they're not they're not built to score a ton of points. They're built to eat up the clock, run the football, wear defenses down, uh, and then the fourth quarter is when they really put the put their foot on the throat and dominate football games. And and I have no problems with that at all. You win, you keep your defense off the field. You're not scoring in two minutes. It's it, it's different football. But I think both guys agree that hey, we are in the right place for what we can do. I don't think Jake Fromm is upset. I think Jake Fromm is very happy winning football games. And I think Justin Fields is very happy winning football games and putting up crazy stats. Um, I mean, listen, if, if you want to go out there and, and, and throw the ball 50, 60 times a game, you shouldn't commit to Georgia in the first place. Yeah. They just, they, they, you look at the recent history, even when I was there, we had tons of great receivers, AJ green, Tavares, Malcolm Mitchell, Michael Bennett, we were still only throwing the ball 25 yeah. times a game. And grid tight ends, too. Yeah. So it, Arthur. Yeah. So it's not like you knew what you were getting into. So if, if you if that's not what if that doesn't fit you and in, in, in your vision of being a college quarterback, then go to Oklahoma, yeah. go to Texas, go to Ohio State, go to Washington State, go to USC. You know, those those are the programs there. You'll get to throw it 50, 60 times. All right. So I know we're taking a little bit of a turn here, but I just read this as well. Tim Tebow on first take last Friday morning. Aaron, I don't even know if you saw that, but he came out and said he does believe Georgia is a top five team, but he thinks they need to make philosophical changes to win a championship this season. This is Tim Tebow, and I quote, If they want to win the title this year, they're going to have to be able to spread it out and be more impressive. Go for broke rather than understanding to have a talented team and playing conservative. Okay, then he's asked about James Coley's first big game as Georgia's offensive coordinator. That, of course, was last week against Notre Dame. 
Here's Tebow again, quote, Honestly, I was very unimpressed with Georgia, and here's why. I thought they were so conservative on offense, and their new offensive coordinator, it was his first big game as the OC. I think he'll improve. I think they'll open it up. I think they are really hamstringing Jake Fromm and some of these running backs. Instead of opening it up and going for the win, they knew they were the better team, and they played conservative. So I was very unimpressed with Georgia. Close quote. I mean, what's he even saying there? I don't know. It's, it's a, Go just a, for a, a circle. I, I don't. I don't get that don't, at all. Don't just keep doing you, Thank Georgia. You. That's all Thank that matters. You, you, you once agree. again, you have the best win in all of college football through five weeks. The yes. best win, and and you got to take pride in that one. So um, they're fine, and, and still, we let's not forget that that's a young receiving core, yes. and, and you don't want to go out there and put it all on their shoulders for the first four games of the season. I just don't think that's a smart idea. I think the way they're doing it right now is they're winning football games. They're relying on the run. They're relying on their offensive line. They're, they're deep backfield and they're slowly breaking these guys in. They're starting to see who can do what, who can run the best go route, who can run the best post route. Who's the best when it comes to comebacks. I mean, you can rep all this stuff in, in summertime and spring and fall, but you really don't know what these guys truly look like until you get to a real football situation. So I think they're seeing more and more. And I do believe, and I guarantee you that the offense will open up throughout the season, but why throw these dudes to the wolves in the first four weeks? Amen. If you don't have to, Amen. Uh, so let's just, let's just hold the brakes before we start freaking out about Georgia's offense. Yeah. And I'm, I'm shocked. Tebow took that um, side because you have played football. I have played football. I, I think Tim Tebow is probably one of the top five greatest college football players of all time. I don't know why he wouldn't say what you just said. Hey guys, chill. It's working. It's week five. Let these things play out. As you learn who can perform and who knows how to execute a game plan best in-game situations. Well, Georgia's going to get another chance to do that this upcoming week, traveling to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. That game is at 7 p.m. on uh, ESPN. We talked about Clemson escaping. Um, Ohio State dominates Nebraska 48-7. How about Arizona State beating undefeated number 15-ranked Cal Mm. 24-17? Aaron, there are no more undefeated Pac-12 teams that might be sayonara as far as the college football playoffs are concerned. Only through five weeks, they are just beating each other up. And then continuing to be impressive, Alabama wins 59-31. to I was surprised Ole Miss scored that many points. Oklahoma beat Texas Tech 55-16. to That was a no-brainer. And Aaron, one team that's getting a lot of love, and they will continue to get a lot more love because I believe they're going to win this weekend. Auburn rolls over Mississippi State 56-23. to Bo Nix goes for 335 and two touchdowns. I think the game of this upcoming weekend is number 7 Auburn heading to take on number 10 Florida in the Swamp. That's the 330 CBS game. Look, Florida's next two games, Aaron, and I know, you're, I, I know how you feel about Florida. Auburn and LSU. Yep. Good luck. I mean, oh, it, I mean, it could go the way sideways Auburn, here really quickly. We we talked the we talked about the way Bo Nix is slowly progressed each and every week. You know, we watched the, you watched the Oregon game, made some really good throws. Obviously, the late touchdown to win that football game. Then he just kept taking baby steps, baby yeah. steps. I mean, nothing too sexy, nothing too great, but just moving in the right direction. You could see the wheels were turning in his head. You could see the comfort level within the offense, the trust that Gus had in him. And all of a sudden, this was an, an offensive explosion. And this is not a bad—I know Mississippi State lost a lot of guys on defense, you know, a few first-rounders, but still a really, really, really talented defense on that side of the football, a good football team. 
And he came out there, and it just wasn't the stats. I mean, you you just said it, 16, 21, 335, but it was the comfort level. And it starts with his feet because you watch him those first few weeks. His feet were all over the place. They were fast. He was getting out of the pocket. He wasn't trusting his offensive line. He was rushing things. And all of a sudden, you saw him slowing down. His feet were in rhythm. I remember one corner throw. It was one, two, three, quick hitch, and banged an absolute dime. And then the go ball two on the outside. So the, the biggest issues of, of his feet and, and, and that comfort level with, with timing up his feet when it comes to certain routes and concepts, I thought you saw a huge jump in performance with him. And, and that's an exciting thing if you're an Auburn Tiger because the run game was tremendous uh, for those guys. They really did a great job mixing it up between him running, Whitlow running, uh, Swartz, and his ability on the jet sweeps to really either get the ball or as a, as a decoy to get defenders' eyes in different directions. So the offensive line's playing better because of that as well. Uh, the rushing to offense is great. The receivers are making plays down the field. So this is an offense, just like Georgia, that's going to continue to get better and better every week because their quarterback is so young, but uh, he wants it. He There's yeah. some people that say they want to be great, but Bo Nix legitimately wants it, and he's working his tail off to, to be an elite quarterback. Uh, and, and it's paying off early in the season right now. What, you know, Gus Malzahn obviously is calling plays this season for the first time since 2016, and really Auburn's offense since that time has been unimaginative. Hasn't been uh, a word Tim Tebow likes to use, impressive, as he wants to call it. But Malzahn's back in the fold. They look good. Kind of makes you scratch your head and say, why did he ever relinquish play-calling duties? Seems like with the true freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, they can kind of grow back into the fold um, together and so far it's working and they're up for a great test on the road this weekend. It's a very good defense. Very, good, very good defense. Good it's going to be loud. Uh, but let's not forget him. I mean, he was just in a very tough environment at Texas A&M, Absolutely. you know, against a very good defense, 102,000 people screaming and yelling. So he, he's had, he between Oregon and, and that was a, a mixed road environment because it was about, I would say 60, 40 Auburn. Uh, yeah. So a little bit of a road test, but not the extreme road test that he saw versus A&M and what he'll see this weekend versus Florida. But he got his feet wet. He understands the difficulty when it comes to communication. He understands the uh, what he needs to do if they huddle, if they don't huddle, if they sugar huddle, if they're at the line of scrimmage, the communication when it comes to using hand signals. So he has some practice at that. They've been working on it. I, I mean, we asked Gus about that two weeks ago before their A&M game. And he's like, we've honestly, even though we had home games, we've been practicing with crowd noise for three straight weeks. Yeah. So they've been yeah. they've been really working on it, making sure they are ready to go for that AM game. It paid off. And I think they'll be ready to go into a, a very hostile swamp um, and see if they can take care of business. Um, one of the better teams this weekend, and really it was just because of the turnovers and taking advantage of those turnovers. But Notre Dame. Notre Dame impressed me. They won 35 to 20 over the number 18 ranked Virginia Cavaliers. They had a ton of sacks. They lost a couple of defensive players uh, for the next few weeks as well, which might hurt them to continue chasing after a college football playoff appearance. But when you get five turnovers, you're going to have a good chance of winning a football game. I thought Notre Dame might have come out a little bit slow after a physical and tough four-quarter battle versus Georgia just a week ago. So Notre Dame gets a big win for the program and continues to look forward to keep racking up the wins 
in 2019. Hey, look, number 18 UCF goes to Cincinnati Friday. That'll be a really good game. Mm -hmm. A great game in the Big Ten as well. Number 14 Iowa at number 19 Michigan. Michigan just beat Rutgers 52-0. Rutgers ended up firing their head coach Chris Ash after the game. I mentioned Auburn at Florida, Georgia at Tennessee, number 25 Michigan State at number 4 Ohio State. So we're finally getting into it. Consistent, good football games week in and week out. And a couple more things just to touch on before we get rolling into week six. The Mike Leach, uh, (laughs) Washington State postgame presser was awesome. Calling his players fat, dumb, and entitled, saying they're a really soft team. I mean, look, you get all these people who have opinions about that. Does he have a point? Probably. He's just sitting there saying, when we have adversity, our guys fold. A year ago, we didn't. This year, we do. We're a soft team. We get a lot of good press, he says. We like to read about ourselves. We like to pat ourselves on the back. And if we get any resistance, we fold. I don't really care that he called his players fat, dumb, entitled, and soft. What do you think, Aaron? I mean, hey, it's not like he's calling it to their face and then saying something other behind their back. He's telling everybody, we need to fix something because it ain't working right now. Um, and I don't know why the public just freaks out when a head coach talks like this to the media the way he talks to his team. Yeah, I, I don't think he needs. I don't think he needs to bring it up into the media. I think that's something that you could say behind closed doors to your team. So I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought that was a little much for him. But listen, that's who he is. Yeah. So you, you, at least he's the one thing about Leach is he's consistent in, sure. in, in what he says. So that's why. You can't be too, too mad about it, but I'm more as a player like, listen, you can call me out, but just don't call me out in front of the media. Like, just get get us into the locker room, um, sit us down and, and rip us up a little bit about, you know, being a little soft. But you don't need to go, like I said, saying <laughs> that to, to the outside world. Well, he certainly did. And the other big news today is the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, signed a law Monday that is planning to allow NCAA athletes in the state to make money from their name and likeness. This would go into effect in 2023. That is quite a long time away. The NCAA has said the legislation is unconstitutional. And really the argument here is every single student in university can market their name, image, and likeness. They can get a YouTube channel. They can monetize it. The only group that can't do that are student athletes. Why is that? That's what the governor of California said to the New York Times. Just think, I mean, California's got USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, NCAA president Mark Emmert hates it. I don't know if it will ever happen, Aaron. I've always said that if you can make money off your name or likeness, what's me to stop that? What's any student to stop that? Aaron, I know one thing. You sure as hell could have made money off your name and likeness while in college. So, look, guys who bring in money, guys who are great student athletes and perform extremely well on the field of play should be able to. And if you're not good enough or if people just don't care about your position as much, like me being a punter, then tough luck. Be a quarterback or be a better football player. I mean, that's just how I think. But look, 2023 is a long way away. Um, That was announced today, and everybody, again, is freaking out about it on social media. Speaking of social media, follow Aaron at AaronMurray11. Follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at DrewButler13. And tonight, Monday Night Football, prize picks, at prize picks on Twitter and Instagram. Bengals versus Steelers. Usually this is a good AFC North matchup, Aaron. Not this year. Bengals, winless. Steelers, 
I think, winless, right? They haven't won yet. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously out. Here mm-hmm. are your prize pick projections. You and I will be together tonight, Aaron, so let's definitely put a two-pick entry on there to win some quiche from prize picks. Over or under, Andy Dalton, 17 fantasy points. Oh, God. I mean, both teams are so rough right now. Uh, 17, Monday Night Football. Uh, let me give under. I just – neither guy right now, the quarterback, is uh, kind of excites me, so I'm going under for him. Under 17, Andy Dalton, Mason Rudolph. That is, of course, from Oklahoma State. He's a second-year, now a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 17.8 fantasy points over under. Could it be a under slow two. game? He's going yeah, under. Yeah, I think it's going to be under. As well. Joe Mixon. 14 fantasy points. That's the Bengals running back. I'm going to go over for Joe Mixon. Juju Smith-Schuster, 17. I think if Rudolph's under 17.8, we'll go under for Juju as well. And then John Ross, receiver for the Bengals. We had him on one of our shows last week. 10.8 fantasy points over or under Aaron Murray. I'll go uh, I'll go over. He's going to look like he did the first two weeks of the season. I'm going to go over for him. He may get a touchdown, uh, about 60, 70 yards. All righty. Well, there you go. There are your prize picks projections from punt and pass. Follow prize picks at prize picks on Twitter and Instagram. Download the app. Use the promo code PNP to get that free two pick entry to win 25 bucks. They will match your first deposit 25%. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. Anything on the way out, my man? No, just um, getting ready for my so start getting ready for my, my game this week. And I have that UCF or not UCF USF at a UConn game. So I don't know if you saw that, but there's that oh, yeah. triple E virus going on. So the game got moved That's crazy. from seven o'clock to noon. Uh, so I need to talk to my bosses at, at CBS and say, triple if I want to put e my life virus, if I want to put my life on the line, I need to get paid like triple for this Wait, weekend. What? So we'll okay. see. Explain this to me. I saw it got moved, but what, for what reason? So there's this, this triple E virus going on right now that I guess is being spread by mosquitoes and Obviously, mosquitoes are, are more prominent at nighttime, so they're moving all college and high school sporting events to earlier in the day to hopefully help out with it. Uh, Eastern equine encephalitis. Yeah. And this is in Stores, Connecticut? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it's – I think there's – in parts of New York too, um, they're starting to see it as well. According to the, the wifey last night told me about it because she has a trip up to New York here in the near future. Wow, are you gonna have to sign a disclaimer or a, a waiver? I don't know. I'm telling you, I may have to ask for a little bit extra dough if I want to put, you know, my life at risk this weekend. Yeah, that is no bueno. All right, well, hopefully you don't get triple E virus because yes. it's been detected in 21 towns in the state of Connecticut, as I'm reading right now. Several high schools in the Hartford area and in Eastern Connecticut are shifting times for football games because mosquitoes are more active at dusk and through. The night. Good luck, Aaron Murray. Off bug spray. We need a sponsorship. A lot of bug spray. All right, buddy. Well, follow me at Drew Butler 13. Follow us at Punt and Pass, and we will talk to you on Thursday. See you.